0: the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's a great privilege to be here today, to celebrate with Pastor Chuck and Sister Glidell, this wonderful 70th anniversary, and all the rest of you are so thankful for the opportunity to be here and be with, here with so many friends and ministry friends, and <coughs> our, um, our time goes back a long ways, almost 30 years, I guess, almost close to 30 anyway, and um, but I really appreciated um, the opportunity to meet these folks, and, and my introduction to them was made by um, Pastor Dale and Sister Fran. I really appreciate Dale and Fran Fraser so much, and they've meant so much to me over the years. Brother Dale, when people ask me what my association is with Pastor Dale, I say that he was my um, mentor in the kingdom message. and. Um, the way Pastor Dale and I met was, um, I was at Mitch Ross, who passed away a um, year before last, and, um, thank you, and I went and, uh, I actually spoke at Mitch's funeral, and, um, he died way too young, he was only 61 years old, but I was preaching at Mitch's years ago when I was with Brother Joe the first time, which was 30 years ago, and, um, Mitch's daughter was at Bible school, and she, uh, one day, we went up to the Peaks of Otter there in Virginia, took a class of students up the Peaks of Otter, and I was going to teach my message on the eagle. So we got up the top of the mountain, and um, I was sharing, and on the way down, the Lord spoke to me that I should ask uh, Renee to say something to her dad about me coming up to preach at their church, because the Lord gave me a message for the church. And I, I mean, it was a precise scripture, story, and the whole thing, and so I shared it with her, and she said, I'll call my mom and dad, and so she did. And that very Sunday, a prophetic word had come forth in their church that God was going to send a messenger from the south to their church with a specific message for the next direction of their church. And um, she called them on – we went up to the peaks on Saturday. They got the word on Sunday. She talked to her dad Sunday night, and so they invited me to come up. And um, just prior to going up there is when I fell off the ladder building Brother Joe's new house at the Bible school and shattered my left elbow shattered the radial head in my elbow. And so my arm was in a cast and it was in a sling. And um, I was taking huge, I think the word is copious, copious amounts of pain medication. And uh, until a few hours before I'd go preach, I didn't take anything. And I would get in the pulpit and come, the anointing of God would just come on me and I wouldn't feel any pain. And I was just slinging my arm around and just praying for people. I mean, it was crazy. And then once the service was over, before I'd get in the car, I'd just be begging Cindy for a pain pill. I mean, it was crazy. But one night, Sister Fran came with two of her sisters. I don't remember which two, but she came with two of her sisters. And at the end of the message that night, she came up to me, and she handed me a card. I had prophetic words for her sisters. I don't know did I prophesied over you or just your sisters, just your sisters. And she gave me a card and she said, you have to contact my husband. Now that was in October. So I carried, I took that card home and I set it on my dresser and I remember laying it on the dresser and I said these words, Lord, when the time is right, tell me and I'll call this brother. And that laid on my dresser and I would walk by it day after day. I would see it every time. I, I always put my wallet in the same place on the dresser and that card was laying right by where I put my wallet. And I would see it every night and every day, every morning. And in January of that year, January, I walked in one night. It was almost 11 o'clock at night. I took my wallet out of my pants after doing curfew at the men's dorm. I laid my wallet down, and the Lord said, Call Dale Frazier. I heard the audible voice of God. It's only one of the few times I've ever heard God's audible voice, but I heard God say, Call Dale Frazier. And I walked into our kitchen. I took the phone. It was a, one of the phones at night, an old phone that hung on the wall. It was a push button, but it still hung on the wall. That was an old-timey phone for some of you young folks. Y'all never seen a phone like that. We used to actually have phones that hung on the wall, and you actually had to push buttons on it. You couldn't talk into it and tell it to call anybody. You talked into it after you dialed somebody. And um, I'm sure you guys, we, we would have to do a demonstration if it was in here today. I'm sure you young folks wouldn't know how to use that. But anyway, so I dialed the number, and the phone never rang. It never rang once. And I heard a voice at the other end say, hello? And I said, is this Dale Frazier? And the voice on the other end, God is my witness, and he's sitting right there. He said, is this Rodney Fontaine? Just like that. And I said, yes, it is. And the first words out of his mouth were after it was, is this Rodney? We didn't say hello. He said, what's God saying to you about the kingdom? And I heard in my spirit the Lord say, it's okay for you to talk to this man. It was the first time in my spiritual life that God said it was okay to talk about the things the Lord had been showing me. When Brad was born, he was just an infant. We're living in Tennessee, and a lady came to our house named Margie Ensign. And Margie was a, a friend of Cindy. She was Cindy's Sunday school teacher. And one night, Margie came over, and we would have prayer meetings at our house. And Margie was at our house. And she said, I want to pray for your family, and I said, okay, and uh, I was kneeling down on an, and had my elbows on an ottoman in our living room, and Margie began to pray for me, and she prophesied, she prophesied that God was going to reveal things to me that I would not be able to t- say until appointed times in my life, and that night on the phone was the first time that God said to me, it's okay. To share what's on your heart freely and I began to share with brother Dale and I got responses like that's the word of the Lord brother God's really speaking to you brother and then he would expound and so needless to say he invited us up to the church that March and we went up for for, I think I don't know it was more than a weekend I think maybe Thursday through Sunday and we stayed with him and sister Fran they were living in a little apartment and um, Stephen and Jennifer was sharing a bedroom at the time, and um, sister Fran made, see fat people always remember food, anywhere we go, we all, the stories we tell always include what we ate when we were there, she made a, it's called a seven layer salad, she made a seven layer salad and roast, she had a roast and seven layer salad, I probably won't ever forget that seven layer salad, because to this day I have never had one like hers, ever, a lot of people make them, but they, they, pale, they pale in comparison to that one. And I've never talked her into making me another one. I think it must be real hard to make or something. But in the words of Brother Joe, Sister, I've never tasted a seven-layer salad like that in my life. <coughs> it was wonderful. But that weekend, when we weren't in church, Brother Dale and I were sitting up. And back then, before Brother Dale, when he was younger, let me say it like that, we sat up till 2 and 3 in the morning. And as big a talker as I am, when I'm around Brother Dale, I don't talk a whole lot. Back then, I just listened and listened and listened. But he mentored me in the message of the kingdom, and I would tell him things God was saying to me and bump them off of him. I still do that, don't I, Pastor Dale? I still call you. I called you just recently about some things the Lord was showing me, and I want to thank God that I have that connection, have that connection with Brother Danny Militant Sister Gail and they've been precious friends of ours and and Al and, and uh and Nancy have been wonderful friends and Brother John Light. I know all these guys. They've been in our lives now for thirty years, almost thirty years, and I know the integrity of these people. I know their walk in God. I know John and Janet. They have served the Lord faithfully and I just thank God for these kinds of relationships. And now going on to the next generation, Brother Clark and Gretchen. I, I just I just thank God for you guys and for this opportunity, to I feel honored, I feel humbled to be here today. But what a great, great, great time! Brother Dale was all over uh, what I've been studying and preaching lately. God just back in the, a few months ago, the Lord told me to to get back to, and this is the way the Lord said it to me: the nuts and bolts of the gospel kingdom message, and then the subtitle. That day, I had the vision of the nuts and bolts ministry. The Lord said back, getting back to basics, and. I've been going back through all these scriptures about the kingdom of God, and all of them, just recently, I have them in a notebook at home, all those scriptures Brother Dale was quoting to us last night have been burning in my spirit because the reality is, and people ask me this all the time, and I have the same answer. I've had this answer for over 20 years. People say, Brother Rodney, when do you think the Lord's going to come back? And my answer's been the same thing for over 20 years. As soon as the gospel of the kingdom is preached in the whole world, and he won't come back one second sooner than the gospel of the kingdom being preached in the whole world. And you say, well, Brother Rodney, the gospel's been preached. No, the gospel of salvation has been preached, the gospel of the Baptist church, the gospel of the Methodist church, the Pentecostal church, Presbyterian church, church of God in Christ, but not the gospel of the kingdom. And there's a big difference in the gospel of the kingdom and a lot of these other gospels that have been preached. But when the gospel of the kingdom has been preached in the whole world, then... The Lord can return, but not until, not until. Jesus cannot come in like manner until the gospel of the kingdom has been preached in the whole earth before the end can come. Now, that's what the Bible says. So as long as the Bible says that, that's going to be my answer. Jesus won't come back until the gospel of the kingdom has been preached. So we have a mandate from God to deliver the gospel of the kingdom. And I want to say that that's what what I'm preaching and teaching in China. When I go to the Bible school in Linsong, Linsong. China that's what I'm preaching is the gospel of the kingdom and they've never heard this gospel before they've never heard this teaching before they've never heard it pastor Lee sits and we start conversations and for hours I'm doing to him what brother Dale used to do to me I'm answering questions and having discussions for hours and hours and there's a hunger in people because when you start speaking the truth it sparks a hunger in people and they want more of it and they want more of it amen now today I'm not preaching a message like Brother Dale did last night because that's not what God gave me. But before I start the message the Lord did give me, he took me to um, three scriptures as Brother Dale was preaching last night, and the Lord released me to share three scriptures this morning, pr- a prelude to my message. And so I'm going to share 1 John 4 and 17. I'm just going to read these scriptures. I'm not going to expound on them because I would I'd get rabbit trailed and take too much time this morning. And I need my phone, honey, because I had to set my... Um, timer on my phone, and I don't want to go too long this morning, I'm going to try to be very disciplined this morning because we have a lot of guests, and I don't want to get carried away because I could, I'm i so excited about this 70th anniversary, I'm just telling you. I am very, very excited this morning, so I've got a timer up here, not a clock, a timer, I'm wanna, I put myself on a timer this morning. First John 4:17, one of my all-time favorite scriptures and one of the first ones I ever shared with Brother Dale. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. And that word world translated means this present age, so that word never goes out of time. It never becomes antiquated. That word is always a present day word. As he is, so are we in this present age. Now, that's what Brother Dale preached to us last night. As he is... We are supposed to be in this present age. Well, how is he? Well, he's seated in a position of all power and all authority. And then he said to us, I give you power to tread on scorpions and serpents, and I give you power over all the power of the enemy. So we are supposed to be in the same position that he's in, and that's a position of having all power. Now, if he gave us all power, there's no power outside of the power that he gave us. And if he's seated in a position of power, then there's no power greater or outside of the power that he has. And I love what Brother Dale said last night. Is he in heaven or is heaven in him? Listen, he's bigger than the universe, folks. The universe is in God. God's not in the universe. God doesn't fill the universe. The universe is inside of God. God's much bigger than the universe. God's much bigger than your problem. He's he's not in your problem. He's not going to come inside your problem with you. God's outside your problem trying to bring you outside your problem because even you are bigger than your problem if God really lives in you. Let me say that again. Even you're bigger than your problem if God's really on the inside of you because he's bigger than your problem. 1 Corinthians 15, 52. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump for the trump shall sound and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorrupt, and we shall be changed. Now there's one group of people that we see at the coming of the Lord and we shall be changed but then there's another group in 1 John 3 2 and this is the group I want to be in beloved now we are the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him there's a group of people in the earth that when he appears we will already be like him we will already be like him now you can be in the group that's going to still have to be changed Or you can be in the group that has already been changed. You've already gone through the metamorphosis of Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be not conformed, but be ye transformed. Go through the metamorphosis and renew your mind and become like Christ because the Bible says we can be like him. I don't know about you, but I choose to go ahead and let God do the work. I'm going to tell you right now, I have not walked through the hell that I have walked through in this life to stay the same. I have not gone through the tests and the trials that I've gone through in this life to remain the same old man that I was. And there's no reason for you to either. You say, but Brother Rodney, and, and I hear preachers say this all the time. I could name a preacher. Every preacher in this room would know his name. If I said there's a preacher that's a very, a very educated man, but I, I, I question sometimes how educated are people in the Word when I hear these asinine statements that they make That no matter how long we live, we're always going to battle our flesh. Not if you understand that God has made a provision to do away with the man of sin, which is the flesh, in circumcision, in water baptism. God has made a way for us to cut away that dead corpse that we're dragging around. That Adamic nature, we can cut it out in water baptism. Then we can go on to know the Lord to really know him, to really manifest that image, to manifest the life of Christ. (coughs) And I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we're living in the day and age that we've got to start preaching that message harder than ever because people just sit in a mud hole and spin their tires for their whole spiritual life, sitting in the same spot, wondering why things never change. Well, it never changes because you don't do what God said you need to do to bring the change. You can't get God's results if you don't do things God's way, and it's more than a little five-second prayer in an altar with somebody. Now, you can call on the name of the Lord and be born again. Amen. That's great, and that's wonderful, and that'll get you a ticket to go to heaven someday. But I don't need to overcome in life after I die. I need to overcome in life while I'm living in this stinking world that we live in. I need the overcoming life right now when the devil is waiting on me every morning when my feet hit the floor and he throws everything he can at me. That's when I need the overcoming life is every day that I'm on this earth. I need the overcoming life now. I need healing now. I need health now. I don't need it when I get to heaven because there won't be any sickness up there. Hallelujah. There won't be any sickness in that dimension. Thank God. So when do I need it? I need it right now. And I'm not supposed to be preaching on this. I'm going to stop. I'm going to have to discipline myself and stop but I could preach on it, but I won't. Now, let me get to my message. Possessing the land. Brother Sexton, and I never knew Brother Sexton. I really, I can't say I really wish I did because if God wanted me to, he would have lived long enough for me to meet him. Or I would have met Chuck and Brother Chuck and Glad- Sister Gladell sooner in my life, but I didn't. So there was a reason for all that, and God knows all that. But Brother Sexton led the people. I want to share a story today about three I'm talking about Moses and Joshua, and then I'm not going to get into who the third person is today because I got a revelation as I was preparing this message, and God gave me the message before he ever gave me the scriptures. But I want to share with you today that Brother Edwin Sexton led the people out of Egypt. He toiled with them until the Lord called him home, just like God called Moses home, surveying the promised land but not getting to enter in. Brother Sexton really didn't get to go in with the people, to the level of revelation that was in that man's heart. And how do you know that? Because I feel like I knew him because I knew the people that sat under him. Brother Danny talked about him. Brother Dale and I have talked about him extensively. And Sister Fran. Sister Fran said things to me like. We, I used to sit in the. She said I used to sit in the congregation. And she said he would preach about Jesus so strong. That she said I expect, fully expected Jesus to walk down the aisle and lay his hand on my shoulder. She said things like that to me. I mean he preached a living Jesus. He preached a living message, not a dead gospel but a living gospel to the people of Grace Emmanuel Baptist Church at that time. He had a revelation. He got the revelation of healing when Sister Sexton was crippled with arthritis and he was studying the word of God and God gave him a revelation of healing and he went in and laid hands on his own wife and she got out of the bed and was healed. And so you'd have a hard time convincing him God didn't heal people. Because He saw it, he experienced it for himself. We need to experience this gospel for ourselves. That's what that's what brother, brother Dale wasn't saying. It's, it's a sin to ask somebody to pray for you because that would be in violation of the scripture. Because the scripture says, If any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church, let them anoint them with all the prayer, th- faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. So he couldn't be saying it's wrong to pray for people, he wasn't saying that. But what he's saying is we have a revelation. We have a a divine connection that healing's within us, and we can command that healing to come forth because it lives in us. (coughs) Why? Because the healer lives in us. Who's the healer? Jesus. And now he lives in us in the form of the Holy Ghost. If you don't believe that, you need to read John chapter 14. When Jesus said, the Father and I will come and make our abode in you. And he's talking, the whole 14 chapters talking about he's going to send the Holy Ghost. That's yes. what John 14 is about, the coming of the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost lives in you, God Almighty lives in you. Yes. The same God that said, let there be light and there was light, that's the God that lives in you if the Holy Ghost lives in you. Yes. Now, I'm sorry today. I, I've got my liberty. And Brother Chuck said to me earlier, yes. I was standing right over the side of him, and he said, Brother, take your liberty. I'm taking my liberty today. And you don't have to like it. But you better love me. Now if you've, got this, if you've got this twisted doctrinal denominational picture in your mind that when you get to heaven, you're going to see some old gray-headed man sitting in a big chair and a little smaller version of him that looks kind of like him in a chair sitting on his right side. And then on the left-hand side, you're going to see the Holy Ghost. Honey, you are mixed up. Somebody has twisted you up and taught you some man-made Roman Catholic crap. I said it. There it is. The C word's out there. Now I've just broken the ice. Now I can preach. That's garbage. That doesn't belong in the church. Let me say this. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the only bodily form that God has ever had was in the man, Christ Jesus. And Jesus came back already in the form of the Holy Ghost. And he lives in the believers that receive him. For as many as have received him, Gave he power to become the sons of God. And your ability to be a son of God is only in the level of your ability to receive him. And that's not my sermon today, but praise the Lord. I'm going to rabbit trail a little bit. (coughs) So Brother Sexton was like Moses. As Moses was to Israel, Brother Sexton was to the Grace Emmanuel congregation. He brought him out of denominationalism. He got kicked out of the denomination. And all I can say about that is, thank God, thank God. Denomination, demonization, the words are so close they're interchangeable, they're synonymous almost in some cases. But then comes Joshua 1, 1 through 9. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses or Edwin, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan. Thou and the people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel or the children of Grace Emmanuel, every place that the sole of their feet shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Let me pause right here because the Lord just gave me a thought. I want to mark this with my bottle cap here so I won't forget where I am. And let me just say this. As these men of God have gone out, Brother Dale, to to Massachusetts, Brother Danny to... Milford and Brother Dale to Port Huron and all these places and and Brother John to um, Bay Bay City. All these places, wherever they put their feet, wherever their feet trod, God let them possess the land. So that word of the Lord has come to pass. Everywhere they put their feet, they possess the land. Is that all right? Can y'all see that? I'm just, I'm using a little license today. I know I'm taking a little license, but y'all just give me a little leeway here to wrap this thing up and bring it together. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even into the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and under the great sea toward them, going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as it was with Moses, so that it will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. Now, Brother Chuck, this is for you now. You need to, you need to really take hold of this, and I know you have. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide and inheritance. The land and, and that's happened these men have gone out and they and it's not so much you doing it but it was God doing it but it's still because they came out from under this mighty man of God who put vision in them and and you were taught that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you and you were crazy enough to believe it and so you did it you went out and you planted these works and they are these works have accomplished and, and you can't measure success by numbers of people you measure success by are you doing what God told you to do if you're doing what God told you to do, then you're successful. I'm going to tell you right now, everything that's bigger is not better. You ever sprained your ankle? Anybody ever sprained your ankle? Raise your hand if you ever sprained your ankle or sprained a finger. Well, it got bigger, but let me ask you this. Was it better? I guarantee you, bigger is not always better. Bigger is not always better. And the more people you got, the more pain in the rear end you got. Hello. It's good preaching, Brother Rodney. I know. Thank you. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee, and as Moses, I will go. I will be with thee. I will not fail nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide the inheritance of the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it. Now, that was the word of the Lord that God gave Moses. He gave him the law, and God said, Now obey it. This is the law. Now, I could say in the New Covenant, this is the word of the Lord, and whatever God's word is, whatever God's direction is, obey it. And obey the word. Obey the New Covenant word. Amen? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. And I'll say this, this word of the the kingdom, this message of the kingdom can't depart out of your mouth. You've got to deliver this word to the people. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. I've got a little note down here. I made a note somewhere Here. I'll just talk about it because I know it's here. Sometimes, and I'm not saying this to be critical of anybody, but sometimes Brother Chuck is such a student that he spends lots of hours in the study. Now, Pastor Clark is sharing the pulpit with him now, so he doesn't spend as many hours in the pulpit as he does, but he still teaches at the Bible College. And I want to say, for the sake of the Bible College folks that are here today, this man spends hours and hours and hours. ...to prepare for an hour and a half class or an hour class, whatever they are. But, but, he has a mandate from God to deliver the depth and the truth of God's word. Not a shallow, sloppy, thrown together, no substance word. Anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. You can take a novice give him an outline and he can teach a class but there'll be no depth in it. It'll be like a mud puddle. There's a lot of mud puddle preachers filling pulpits today. What we need is some Great Lakes preachers where the holes are a hundred feet deep instead of five inches deep. Because the people need more than that. People wonder why their church isn't growing growing up spiritually. is because they're not getting any food spiritually. My God, you can't feed a 20-year-old uh, baby formula and expect him to develop into a full-grown man. You gotta have meat, the meat of the word. <coughs> Milk's okay when you're a baby, but it's time to graduate to some meat. Now, for all you vegans, just suffer through, is all I can tell you. Do the best you can. But for us fat old boys, we got to have some meat. I need meat. I don't even know what a vegan preacher would be. I I, I never even thought about it. I don't know what kind of message that would be. And I can't even think of something right now to say. (laughs) My mind can't even go down that road, spiritually or naturally. So I won't even try. Have not I commanded thee be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Joshua 1, 5-8. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as with Moses or with Edwin, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide the inheritance which I swear unto the fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book, this message of the kingdom, this is where I wrote my notes. This message of the kingdom of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein therein day and night. And I've already shared that. I won't ask. I won't say that again. In chapter 4, we see Joshua building a memorial so that the people could say to their children, this is where the Lord brought us out. As soon as you guys got in this building, what did you do? You made an addition. You had a building program, a place that you could say to your children, God brought us out of that beautiful place we had, and it was a beautiful church. How many of you enjoyed the conventions over there? My Lord, there was a place for people to stay. People slept there. We did. Cindy and I stayed there. We used to sleep in the pastor's office. There was a fold-out couch over there, and that's where Cindy and I stayed, and they had showers. And the thing about getting in the showers, you wanted to get up early enough in the morning to get in the shower before Honey Agin. You did not want Sister Honey to get in the shower before you because you were going to be late for church if you didn't make it in the shower ahead of Sister Honey. Lord have mercy. So I would make sure I set my clock to get up at least early enough to beat Sister I'd go back to bed, but I got my shower before Sister Honey. Or I'd shower the night before because if Sister Honey made it in the shower, I'd say, who's in the shower? Sister Honey, I'd just turn around and go back and lay down in the bed. And get another nap because you were going to be a while if Sister Honey beats you to the shower. How many of you know I'm telling the truth? Some of you grace folks, help me out and raise your hand. Amen. Yeah, I thought that little guy on the back seat, see, he raised his hand just because he knows me and he knows I tell the truth. Right, buddy? There you go. Thank you. Thank you. He's helping me out back there. It's true. I'm just telling you the truth. And Sister Honey's not here to smack me around either, so. she knows it's true. This is where the Lord brought us out. Joshua, Pastor Chuck, spied out the land. And he found Novi, and this is that place for Grace Emmanuel Bible Church. This is the place where God brought you guys out, and he made it your promised land. Joshua fought the kings and heard the Lord about how to cause the walls to come down, the city ordinances, the permits, who to hire. See, this is what God did for Brother Chuck. And a man that Brother Danny he knew him and Brother Chuck ran into this guy who was an inspector, and so they got, they got insight. They got, they got all kinds of information about how to get the permits and what are you going to have to do. And, and God caused supernatural things to happen for you guys to pull these permits to be able to build this addition and one miracle after another. It wasn't easy to add on to this building. It wasn't going to be easy, but it became easier because God ordained your steps just like he ordained Joshua's steps, how to go in methodically, go in and take the land, and that's what God did for you. See, so Brother, Pastor Edwin was the Moses. Brother Chuck became the Joshua. Amen? Is this all right? And then in Joshua 22, <coughs> 2 through 5, And said unto them, Ye have kept all that... Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak to you guys this morning. I want you to hear my heart in this. Ye have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and you have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. <coughs> you have not left your brethren these many days unto this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God hath given rest unto your brethren as he promised them. Therefore now return ye and get you to your, own, to your tents, And unto the land of your possession, away from Detroit, which Moses, Edwin, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of Jordan. But take diligent heed to do the commandment of the law, the message of the kingdom, which Moses, Edwin, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to cleave to him, to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And that's what these men of God have done that that sat under Edwin Sexton. They have loved God. That's what I can say about these men. They are men of integrity. They put God first. They love their families. They love each other. They stood together. They supported each other in their conventions and, and their endeavors. And they supported us. See, I came in late. I didn't know Pastor, Pastor Edwin, but I came in. I was, a, I was a disciple. I'm not afraid to say that word. It's not a bad word. I was a disciple of Dale Frazier. Brother Dale sat me down. He helped me. He he let me bounce things off him, and, and he would say, Brother, that's the word of the Lord. This, that's what it means, but in a deeper way, it means this, and he would teach me the Greek and, and what these words meant, and he expounded the scriptures to me, kind of like a Priscilla and Aquila did for Paul, and he taught me the word of God for years. For years, every time I would go up there, we would sit for hours. I'm not exaggerating these things. I would sit in the they, in their house they used to have in Springfield, we would sit in the in the little booth. They had a little breakfast booth, and I would sit in that. We'd start there in the morning. Then we got done with breakfast and sat there as long as we could. We'd go in the living room, and then we'd start in the living room, and then we'd have lunch, and we'd go back in the living room, and we'd sit there until it was church time. We'd get ready for church. We'd come back from church and go back in the living room, and I'm telling you, we would sit up till sometimes 2 or 3 in the morning, and he would just expound the Word of God to me and expound the Word of God to me, and I would eat. I was eating it up, and then they introduced us to... Brother Chuck and Sister Gladell, and then Brother Chuck and I would do the same thing, and it was just, it was just being fed the Word of God, and so I, we became a part of that, and when we bought our church um, this year, this year, these three churches, Brother Danny, Brother Dale, and Brother Chuck, these three churches gave us $60,000 to pay down on a $160,000 church that we bought. $60,000 these guys Gave us the three of them, three, th- three of these churches gave us sixty thousand dollars. We were we had donated uh, sixty one thousand five hundred dollars total to, to buy this building. That Brandon, my son, oldest son, is pastoring to work in Lithia, Florida, and we we bought a, a church and a parsonage and Brandon and Ann and their five sons are living in that property right now and pastoring that church. And God's blessing it. We got a new family. Co- we're excited. We got a brand new family coming. God's been working with us and helping us, and the church is starting to grow, and we're seeing change in the neighborhood there and people are starting to come and see Brandon, Brandon's visiting folks, and things are starting to happen. You know we're a small church right now, about 40 people, but God's going to bless us and we're going to grow. We've had words come to us that the church is going to fill up. We've got a, a, a lady and her son that are moving from Tennessee that have already committed to be members of our church. They've already been, they, every time they're in town, they come to our church. And so God's starting to do things, but it's the blessing of the Lord. It's, it's having relationship. There's a covenant There's a covenant with the people in Grace Emmanuel. It's more than acquaintance. It's more than friendship. It's covenant. See, covenant keeps you together when the poop hits the fan. Covenant holds you together. See, it doesn't matter what happens. You're going to stick together no matter what. See, that's the true love of God. God doesn't discard us when things happen in our lives. He loves us through our mess. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad God loved, I'm going to raise my hand and say, I'm glad God loved me through my mess. And I know there's others of us that need to say, I'm glad God loved me through my mess, because whether you want to admit it or not, you've had mess. And some of you, I almost said, some of you are sitting in your mess right now, but I won't say that, but I didn't, you know, you know what I mean. Some of you have mess in your life right now, and you need God to help you through it, because you can't get through it by yourself you think you can, you're crazy. You can't make it through this by yourself. Amen? We need the Lord. Now after the death of Joshua, and I don't think you're going to pass away anytime soon. That's not why I read this scripture, okay? Okay, I'm not talking about that. You know what I mean. Now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, who shall go up for us against the Canaanites? This found in Joshua, one, uh, Judges 1, 1 through 5. I never realized this until I... God gave me this message, and then this just came alive in my spirit. Who shall go up against the Canaanites first to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. Now, last year, we laid hands on the praise and worship leader. Judah means praise. I never put this together when I was getting this message ready until I started reading through these chapters. We laid hands on Brother Clark, who was the praise and worship leader, who is now the associate pastor of the church. So now we have already stepped into the next person who's gonna lead the the Grace Emmanuel. Who's gonna be the guy after Joshua? Judah, the praise guy. Brother Clark, Pastor Clark. And I didn't know this when I put this message, honest to God, until I started reading. I got I got Moses and Joshua. I said, Well, I got that, Lord. I don't understand about Clark until I started reading this story because I don't I don't remember all the chronological things about Israel, but then I got it, and then Brother Steve and I were talking at breakfast today, and Moses was from the Levitical tribe, and so that covered the priesthood. Brother Edwin was the, the priesthood in the thing, and then um, Joshua was from Ephraim. Did you say Ephraim? That's what you said, and he was in the marketplace, and see, that's what God used Brother Chuck. Brother Chuck was, had, had the job, you know, the, the marketplace thing. He dealt with the permits. He did all this, this natural stuff. He had, the, he had the expertise and the knowledge deal with all this stuff to get it done and now we got brother Clark coming on who's gonna lead you into that next phase which is possessing the land and see what brother Clark said you know it's been wonderful these 70 years but we're looking forward to even greater things Well, see when a man says something like that I know in my heart he's a man who's got vision we're looking forward to even greater things in other words we don't want to just sit here and maintain we want to grow into these greater things amen is this all right this morning I know I'm taking a little bit of license with the scripture, but I don't think I'm really messing it up or anything. Just using this example. Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. And Judah said unto Simeon his brother, which is another tribe. It wasn't two men. It wasn't Judah, the man Judah. It was the tribe Judah, and it was the tribe Simeon. So it was these two tribes that joined together, and they went forward. (laughs) I won't say this today, but... Ah, just got a word about Simeon. <laughs> I have to give that one tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Woo! Oh la la mm, My God. Mm. Come up with me into my lot that we may fight against the Canaanites, and I likewise will go with thee into thy lot. So Simeon went up with him, and Judah went up, and the Lord delivered him. And you know the story. They won, and they they won battles and battles. And It's not by chance or coincidence that Clark is the son of Pastor Chuck, and he's his associate pastor, but he's also the praise and worship leader in this assembly. The progression of God will take us places that we would have never gotten on our own. You could have never orchestrated this by yourself. Nobody could ever put Edwin Sexton, Charles Sexton, and Clark Sexton in a position like this. It had to be something from God. It's ordained by God ordained by God. And then in my closing scripture with 11 minutes and 40 seconds to go I set myself at 40 minutes so I'm going to be done early. And the Lord answered me in Habakkuk 2, 2-4 and the Lord answered me and said write the vision and make it plain upon tables. That's for you. That's for you Brother Clark, Pastor Clark. As God reveals future things in your heart you need to write them down and not necessarily chronologically because sometimes God will tell you something that's going to come 10 years and then a week later he'll tell you something that's going to happen next week but you need to become a journalist you need to begin to journal things for the vision God spoke that to me last night laying in the bed when I couldn't sleep to tell you to begin to journal the words of the Lord I don't care if God speaks you at two o'clock in the morning have a pad and a pen right by your bed and write it down Write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. That appointed time is key. We don't know God's appointed time for everything, but there's an appointed time, and you can't make it happen. You can try to make it happen sooner, but your plans will fail. You can make it look like it's the vision, but it won't last. See, only God's vision really holds on and lasts. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. See, there's a lot of lying visions out there. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be in here. This wouldn't be in there if men weren't creating visions that end up lying because they fall apart in the end. Hello? It says in the end, it'll speak. What will it say? We lasted. We endured. We held on. We succeeded because it was from God. Though it tarry, wait for it. I got a word in April of 1988 that w- the one day Cindy and I were going to have a great work in China. I didn't set foot in China until April of 2007, 19 years to the month from getting that word before I ever set foot in China. Many times in the middle of that, I prayed about going. I had invitations to go sooner, but 19 years to the month, I set foot in China. You have to wait. You have to be willing to wait for it. Wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. But the just shall live by his faith. Galatians 2.20. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me at the end of that verse. And so that's the mantle that God's passing on to you. Not only do you have... Not only do you have the priestly mantle, not only do you have the business mantle, but you're going to have the faith mantle. And this vision is going to go on in you. And there'll be, there'll be lots of fulfillment. Your grandpa had vision. He didn't live to see the church come into that promised land. Your dad's going to carry the church into places. But the fulfillment of that is going to come through your life and your seed and, and the things that you project out of this vision. Is this word okay this morning? Did it make sense? Did it make sense to you, Brother Clark? That's the most important thing. Did you get a hold of this thing? Well, I love you this morning. I appreciate this church. I appreciate their support of Cindy and I. They've stood behind us and supported us for years, and we love them. We honor your pastor. Pastor Chuck is one of the men who cover our work in Florida, and um, um, I call him when I have major decisions in my life as well as I call Brother Danny, and I call Brother Dale also. And... um, but, but brother Chuck, we've we've asked him to be one of our presbyters and one of our covering in our church, and I just honor him and sister Glidell. I love these people. They've stood the test of time as well as these other ministries. I'm telling you, we are honored today to have brother Steve Everett here. I was telling him last night, um, last year Cindy and I were here with pastor Steve and sister Ann, and we got that was the only time we've ever had a chance to spend time with his precious wife as you know going on to be with the Lord but we had that opportunity to be in the house with them, they stayed at the house where we stayed at Brother Chuck and Sister Glidell's and we got to spend personal time with her and that was a precious time for us to get to know her and um, get to know her sense of humor a little bit and um, she was a real cut up and, and we appreciated that, we had heard that about her and then we got to see it firsthand. but we're so honored to be here with Brother Steve this weekend he'll be sharing the word of the Lord for us tomorrow but uh, well, we love you Cindy and I appreciate this church. We love Grace Emmanuel. We're here for the church. We've been here with the church through some tough times, and we're always here for you. We're always here for the church. We love you. Appreciate all the folks, all the saints that are here, All the and I, I don't want to, all the, can I say senior instead of older? Can I use the word senior? All the senior folks that have been here for a long, long time, and you know my heart was so touched today to see those. Cindy leaned over and said so, so many of these folks have gone on, to be with the Lord, but you know what? They wouldn't come back to be here today if they had the opportunity because where they are is so far greater than where we are, amen? But thank God, for I tell you, the face I miss the most today when I'm looking out over the congregation and the amens that I didn't hear today was from Brother Steve. I miss Brother Steve. Because I tell you, I can count on him for an amen all the time. And I really miss Brother Steve, I really do. but. You know I, I tell you what, what a what a what a man of God and what a privilege to have had him as a leader in this church for all that time amen what a blessing he was, what a blessing he was and um uh, but I just love you guys and let's just stand together today and i'm going to pray and then turn it back over to the pastor <clears throat> Lord, I thank you for this word today and, and lord i I hope i could, I hope I was able to deliver it God the way Lord you showed it to me as brother Edwin Sexton, and so his life as he's... uh these stories and this history told god physically this man labored labored with his hands and built the building in detroit god built it block by block lord god and and brick by brick lord you were such a blessing to that man and you kept him all those years god so many souls probably came into the kingdom that we will never know until eternity god because of that radio broadcast god and the hours that he labored late into the night making those radio programs god and Lord, I just thank you for his life. I thank you for uh, the heritage that he handed down to his sons, spiritual sons For Brother Chuck, his natural son, but, but Dale and Danny and John and Lord God and, 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 uh, and Dale Jr. Lord, I thank you, God, for these men of God and, and these saints of God that knew him, even those that are still alive here today that sat under Brother Sexton. I thank you, God, for these people. Brother John Lightner, God, thank you, Lord, for these people today. I thank you, Lord, for Brother Chuck Sexton that you've handed the Joshua mantle off to him, and he's leading the people into, let them into the land, and he's built this memorial, God, as a testimony of your faithfulness, and I thank you for Clark Sexton, God, who's going who's gonna to take the people now, God, and, and, and Lord God, he's going to lead them into victories, God, victories, Lord, spiritual victories, conquering, conquering, Lord, conquering spiritual victories, Lord God, and, and leading them into the deeper things of God, and Lord, I thank you for the message of the kingdom. I thank you for that heritage God, that that's even been passed on to someone like me, God, through these men of God that, that that had it handed to them, and they've handed that baton off to me, and I'm passing it on to my sons, and they're taking it to the world, God. and Lord, I just thank you, God, that we have such a rich heritage from grace Emmanuel Bible church, used to be Baptist Church. I thank you, God. Lord, for your power, the power of your word, the power of your covenant. And we give you the glory for it, Lord, in Jesus' name today. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brother Chuck.
1: just got to say this to help correct Rodney. I'm older than he is, so I can do that. But the only thing I ever gave Rodney Fontaine was what God by a man called Edward Sexton put in me. And I know Rodney was right on he heard God. but I'll never forget when he identified Brother Sexton as Moses. I remember a November meeting 1978 we met a young guy 29 years old by the name of Kelly Barner. And uh, Brother Leitner <coughs> stepped up to the pulpit to introduce him and Kelly was sitting on that front pew over here on on this side, and I, I forgot all the other people that were there. But he walked up to the platform, grabbed the microphone, and this was his introduction to Grace Emmanuel. Moses, my servant is dead. 1978, maybe a little later in that nine, until 2009, Kelly Varner became the voice. Him and Brother Steve here became the voice in my life to move us forward. And God wants to move every one of us forward. There's no going back. It may be cliche to say our better days are ahead. But we're still upright and breathing. And while we're still upright and breathing, God is saying, press on. Because this is what Paul said after all his years. And even at this time, he was in prison. But he said, I'm not yet attained. it's un- and I have nothing but a desire within to press forward. I asked the Lord at 65 to retire. I asked the Lord at 70 to retire. I asked the Lord when I was approaching 75 to retire. In another year I'll be 80. I said, Lord, can I retire? I think he's tired of listening. Because he ain't talking. So my idea is for every one of us, beloved, God has moved us forward. And he's enlightened us. And I believe that God will continue with this. There's heritage here, okay? But I'm not looking back to the good old days. I'm looking forward that the greater thing lies ahead of us. If we fully delve into the fullness of the Holy Ghost that lives inside of us, we'll find the everything that it takes to fulfill God's desired plan for us as a corporate man Thank you. I can preach now, Charlie.
2: When Brother Varner came and said that, I had a witness in my heart. Behold Joshua. When I argued with the Lord, Lord, that's Brother Leidner. Not knowing that in seven years I would be pastor. God knows what he's doing. Though it tarry, though it linger, it shall surely not tarry. That word is a different word which means it will not be late. Can you hear this? word may tarry, but it will always be on time. Lord, bless this precious people. Seal this word to our hearts, my God. Lord, I think so many of us can relate, my God, to the word tarry, but it'll, you'll always be on time. That The time between the vision and the time of the action is a time of preparation so that we can carry out the vision. So, Lord, we thank you that you're always, always, always on time. And we just bless you, my God, and bless this precious people in the holy and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Lord bless you. See you tomorrow morning at 10.30.